It's that time. Welcome to the Time to Man Up podcast. And here's your host, Sean Hess. I want to welcome you to the Time to Man Up podcast today. In this episode, we are going to finish what we started in the previous episode. So if you haven't already seen the previous episode, make sure you go back and check it out. Uh, But today we want to wrap up our time that we spent on living in the truth. Men, it is vital that we as men live in the truth, that we set an example for future generations to follow. That means that the first thing we need to do is we need to put away the lies. You can't partially live in the truth. You either live in the truth or you don't live in the truth. And truth is under attack in the world that we live in today. Truth can change at any moment according to what the world thinks truth should be. Right now, we're growing a generation that thinks if you don't like the truth, just change it to what you like, what you feel comfortable with, what supports your choices, and that was never what truth was supposed to be. If truth doesn't work for people, they just change it so that it can support their own desires in life. Can you imagine what sports would be like if truth was left up to every player? I mean, think about this. In baseball, a pitcher could say that every pitch he threw was a strike. But a batter could say that every ball that the pitcher threw was a ball. So who determines the truth in that? The pitcher or the batter? In basketball, an offensive player could say they were fouled on every shot they took. But a defensive player could say there was no foul, they went straight up, it was just tight defense. Who's right? Who's wrong? In football, every wide receiver would think that they were interfered with on every pass. But the cornerbacks would all think they played every play straight up clean. Oh, wait a minute. That sounds like the real NFL, right? And when we watch pass interference, we're like, was that pass interference? Was that offensive pass interference? Or was it just two guys playing tough? Well, the thing is, is that there has to be an absolute truth that is used to determine right and wrong. Now, fellas, if you watch sports, you're probably as confused as I am because sometimes it will go to replay and it seems like a clear violation of what is acceptable in the rules and yet they still let it go by. They still let the person get away with it. There's no foul called, and sometimes it can cost a team a game. In life, what we need to realize is there is an absolute truth, and that absolute truth is found in God, and there are consequences when we do not obey, when we step outside of his absolute truth. In sports, there has to be an absolute truth to determine right or wrong. Sports would be unreal if they allowed players to determine their own truth. Why? Because a person's truth often supports their own choices and their own desires. So every batter is going to think on those close calls, it was a ball. 
I mean, I was watching a video recently. I believe it was a smaller college, and it showed that clearly the umpire wanted to get home. He was clearly done. And the last batter was up, and there was just an egregious call. The ball was not even close to the strike zone. And the umpire called it a strike. The batter looked back. The batter was frustrated because even the catcher was like looking like, what in the world? The next pitch was even further outside. I don't even believe it got above the batter's knees at any point. And the umpire rings him up. Into the game, you're out. It was pandemonium. Now, when we are wronged in that way, it's hard to live with. The great thing about living in God's absolute truth is that it doesn't change. It's consistent. We know exactly what to expect. Now, I'm sure some of you have been pulled over by law enforcement for speeding before. Your truth may be that you are not speeding. Or your truth may be, well, it really wasn't that bad. I was only over five miles an hour. Why did they pull me over? But the truth of the radar gun may say something different. So whose truth is right? The law enforcement's truth, because the radar gun represents that absolute truth? Some of you are already trying to argue that radar guns are not always accurate as if you were only going 45 miles an hour in a 35-mile-an-hour zone instead of 50 miles per hour. I mean, isn't it funny how when we get busted for things like that, we always try to justify that it wasn't really as bad? Well, what I always told my kids and what my parents told me is that one mile over is breaking the law. Now, straight-out confession, I have a lead foot. I've got to be careful with that. And it is easy to get caught when you look at your speedometer and you say, man, I'm going over the speed limit. And at any point, if I were to be pulled over, they would have all the right because they have authority and they have truth, that absolute truth of the sign says X amount of miles per hour. And if I'm going over it, I've broken that truth. God's truth is the same way that God has printed out his truth, and it's called the word of God. And when we function outside of it, and that's why in the last episode we looked at the, the way that we define a man and a woman, God's absolute truth is a man and a woman. And a man and a woman procreate, they have children, and they fill the earth from the very beginning in the garden. That is the absolute truth. And so when we step outside of that absolute truth and try to say that a man is a woman or a woman is a man, now we are stepping outside of God's truth and there are consequences to that. Listen, we can change our truth, but it does not change the truth. I mean, right? We can change what we perceive as true, but it does not change what is really true because that's defined by God. And it does not change the consequences of living outside of that truth. Now, let's turn our attention to living in the truth. Because you see, in life, we have to live our lives in the truth. It is important that we live our lives in the truth because that is where God dwells, in the truth. 
And I've got four important actions that we need to take when it comes to living in the truth. So if you're right now saying, I'm living in a lie, I've got to get out of this, I want to live in truth. I'm going to give you four areas that you can live in truth and that it will be helpful to even staying away from the lies. So the first thing that we need to do is we need to love truth. When we fail to love something the way we should, we can find it easier to abandon. Guys, we have to love truth, not resent truth, not get bothered by truth, not get irritated by truth, because sometimes when truth stands in opposition of what we want to do, it can be irritating, right, fellas? I mean, there's something I want to go do, and I'm like, ah, the truth would tell me that I shouldn't do that, but I really want to do that. That's when the desires of my heart become a barrier to living out the absolute truth of God. So when I love self more than the truth, I find it easier to sacrifice what? The truth. And I fill the truth with what? A lie. God wants us to love the truth so much that we are unwilling to turn from it. I mean, it's the way that we should love our wife if we're married. It's the way that we should love our children if we have children. We need to love them so much that we will not turn away from them. In Zechariah 8, 19, it says this, Therefore, love truth. Men, we have to love truth. Our lack of love for the truth is revealed when we choose to live a lie rather than the truth. The next thing we need to do is not only love truth, but walk in truth. Walking speaks of forward motion. As men, we should always be growing and moving forward in our life. So that walking in truth means that we are getting better at it. We are moving forward in it. The psalmist knew the importance of walking in truth. Psalm 86.11 says this, Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. That I may walk in your truth. God, teach me your way. Don't teach me the way of the world. Don't teach me the way that my desires sometimes take me. It says, teach me your way, O Lord. Every step we make in life should be taken in the truth. It is impossible to walk the path God has called us to walk when we are living in a lie. Therefore, walking the truth or walking in the truth requires that we get rid of lies. Men, we cannot live in the truth and live in the lies at the same time. It just doesn't work. So we've got to be willing to put aside the lies and to take up the truth. The third area that we need to look at is this. Not only do we love the truth, not only do we walk in truth, but we need to worship in truth. Now, if you were here for the episodes that we did on worship, you heard some of this in that. God created us to worship something. We are going to worship something. His desire is that we would worship him. He is worthy of our worship. Unfortunately, our sins sometimes lead us to worship the creation rather than the creator. When we worship God, the creator, 
Instead of creation, we worship him in spirit and in truth. John 14, 23 to 24 says, But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshiper will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Men loving the truth, desiring the truth, walking in the truth is amazing, is important. But so is worshiping in truth. And this is something that many men, we need to get better at, at worshiping in the truth so that our kids grow up seeing dads who are worshipers, seeing dads who lead the way in that area. So we need to worship him in spirit and truth. And this has to be true, not just in our corporate worship when we go to church and worship at church, but also in our individual personal worship. So that brings us to this in that aspect of we're we're loving truth, we're walking in truth, and we're worshiping in truth. And we also have to do this. And this is going to sound real easy. But can I say that it's not always easy? And that is this, rejoice in the truth. As men, we need to rejoice in the truth. We need to celebrate the truth. 2 John 1.4 says, I rejoice greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as we were commanded by the Father. I always I'm excited, I rejoice, I celebrate when I see my kids choosing to walk in the truth. It is one thing to walk in the truth when your kids are living in your home and they know that if they step outside those boundaries, there may be consequences. But when they are out on their own and they are walking in the truth without you there to remind them, man, that is just amazing to see that. Now, We need to understand our children are going to fail sometimes. Why do we need to understand that? Because we failed. I mean, when I look at my life and my past and I look at all the failures along the way, those were all part of making me who I was. But we need to rejoice when they walk in the truth. And so we're rejoicing in the truth. I even rejoice When I hear of others who are walking in the truth, not just my kids, but other people who are making good decisions. In 3 John 1, 3, it says, I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. That's living in the truth. That's rejoicing in the truth. But here's the hard thing about rejoicing in the truth, fellas. Sometimes it's hard to rejoice in the truth because the truth is hard to accept. The truth is hard to swallow, and and the truth keeps us from living in a way that perhaps we would desire to live. So how do you rejoice in something that stands in opposition of what you want in your life? And perhaps it's something you want to purchase. Perhaps it's something you want to do. And all of a sudden, truth is a barrier to getting what you want. And what happens is this. 
if we love the truth, if we are walking in the truth, it makes it easier to rejoice in the truth. But there will be those times where rejoicing in the truth is very different or very difficult, I should say. Not different, it's difficult. And we have to understand that those times will come and we stay the course. We press on, we keep moving forward. So now I want to turn our attention from, we looked at living the truth. Now I want to turn our attention to speaking the truth. Because here we have now, it's one thing to live your life in the truth, but it's another thing to speak the truth because speaking the truth can ramp it up a little bit, right? And there's some things that I want to share, some truths under speaking the truth. And the first thing is this, speaking the truth is the only option. I know that when you get caught in things, and uh, I've told this story before when, when we were young and and I had burned a match and uh, I was just, uh, I had some pyro tendencies when I was young. Uh, I lit my mom and dad's bed on fire uh, and uh, not that big of a fire, but um, I lit their bed on fire. That wasn't one of my greater moments in life. And uh, there was one time when I lit a match and uh, threw it in the toilet. And of course, that smell doesn't go away. You smelled it. And uh, if you've heard this story before, my, my brother was going to take the discipline for it because my mom and dad thought it was him. And I sat in my room and I could have been, I could have skated clean away free, man. I could have been okay. And, uh, but man, the truth was eating at me because I knew that someone was about to take the consequences for my actions. And here's what's interesting. I felt it like this great valiant thing to speak the truth. And I went in, I told my dad that I'm the one that did it. And so therefore I got punished for it, rightly so. And I got punished and my brother, the whole time he's thinking, dude, are you going to let me get punished for this? Are you really not going to say anything? So I say something, I get punished. There are consequences, but I kind of like felt like, hey, I did it. I spoke the truth. But the reality of that situation is speaking the truth should have been the first response. We love options in life, but speaking the truth is the only option. In Zechariah 8.16, it says, these are the things that you shall do. Speak the truth to one another. We have to be willing to speak the truth. It's something we should do. There are other options, but none of those other options are acceptable to God. We can't just sit back and wait to see if things are going to turn out good or not before we speak the truth. We have to be willing to do that. Sometimes we convince ourselves, again, back to those white lies that they're acceptable uh, because it'll keep us out of trouble. It'll not allow our spouse to get upset with us or a friend to be upset with us, so we give them a white lie. But it's a lie. It's not speaking the truth. They are all lies to which God says they're unacceptable. Now, that is difficult to accept for most people, right? Because I want some wiggle room in it. I want some give in it. But God is, with absolute truth, uh, there's no wiggle room. It's truth or lie. 
Therefore, having put away falsehood, it says in Ephesians 4.25, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. We need to put away lies, and truth is the only option. And it's sometimes it's amazing how often we try to excuse it away, like we're telling a story of something great that happened, and we embellish all over the place. Now, it's fun to embellish sometimes, isn't it? You tell those stories of those great athletic feats or that fish that you caught or whatever it was. And uh, I remember one time uh, we were skiing and I, I was a youth pastor and I had taken teens and they were all talking big trash about going over this jump. And and uh, I'm like, none of you guys are going to do it. And sure enough, nobody was doing it. And I said, I'll do it. Now, let me just tell you this. I'm a bad skier. I am not good. I'm just nuts enough, crazy enough to go do that jump. And so I went over the jump. Man, I don't know if you've ever had this happen before, but it felt like I was 10 foot up in the air. Well, one of my youth leaders had been videoing it. And uh, when we got down to the to the main place down there, the lodge, uh, we got out the video and we were watching it. And when I saw that video, now I, I got up pretty good compared to everybody else, but in my head, I was 10 foot in the, in the air. When I looked at it, man, I was only about two foot off the ground when I hit that jump. And I guarantee you, I went into it hesitant. I went into it thinking I was going to be uh, like that. You guys don't remember, but uh, I think it was CBS Sports or one of the sports things. They had the agony of defeat, and it showed this dude going over a ski jump and just wiping out. I thought that was going to be me. And so I went in, and I was just hesitant. I'm like, this is not going to go well. I might end up going to the hospital. And I thought I had gotten air, and it was like two foot. If I would have told that story, I would have been like, dude, I was up in the air so long, so high. It was unbelievable. But the video revealed the truth. I wasn't up in the air that long, and I was only about two foot up in the air. And so we have to understand the importance of speaking the truth. It's the only option. The second thing about speaking the truth is that speaking the truth should be done in love. Speaking the truth should be done in love. How we speak truth is important. There are people that are just like a steam train coming through, right? And they're speaking the truth. And it's like, it's my right to speak the truth. And you need to know this. And they're just like slaying people with the truth. I mean, right? They're just trucking them. And and as in they are the the, the main speaker of truth, and, and you need to hear this, and they're just bashing on people. But the Bible says that we are to speak the truth in love. In Ephesians 4.15, Paul speaking to the church in Ephesus, he says, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into who is the head into, into Christ. So we need to speak that truth in love because we're helping people grow. We're helping people grow. And so everything we do, everything we say should be done in love. And so speaking the truth to others must be done in love. If it is to be helpful rather than hurtful. When we don't speak it in love, it can be very devastating. So when we talk about love, 1 Corinthians 13, 6 says, rejoice with the truth. We talk about rejoicing in the truth. We speak truth in love so that we are able to rejoice with the truth. 
We do not speak the truth for the purpose of proving that we are right and someone else is wrong. I mean, we all hate that, right? When somebody has to prove that they're right, and so uh, we just agree to disagree, but they've got to go research it. They've got to go find out that they are right. And you'll notice that often those people, it doesn't just stop with them looking it up themselves. They have to come back and then tell you how wrong you are. Now, in some situations, you need to know you're wrong, so you're not spreading things that aren't true. But sometimes it's just a matter of they want to prove that they were right. And that is where doing it in love is so important. The third thing about speaking the truth, speaking the truth is not always well-received. Even when we speak the truth in love, it is not always well-received. There are those who do not love the truth. Amos 5.10 says they hate him who reproves in the gate and they abhor him who speaks the truth. Guys, let me just tell you this right now. The world does not want to hear the truth. The world doesn't want to hear the truth. When Jesus came to the earth, he spoke truth and the world hated him. They didn't want to hear the truth. When we speak truth, that, that, that absolute truth founded in God's word, when we speak that truth, the world will not want to hear that. Why? Because the truth stands in opposition of the lie. The truth stands in opposition of the world's truth of what they want to create it in. Galatians 4.16 says, Have I then become your enemy by telling you the truth? Don't you feel that sometimes? That you're afraid to speak the truth because you know the minute you speak the truth, you will become their enemy? Men, we must speak the truth in love. Living with the reality that sees truth as the enemy. Because the world doesn't want that truth. We are living in a world that sees the truth as an enemy. And as long as they can live in their own truth, they're happy. But no matter what the consequences, we must speak the truth in love. You may be listening to this podcast today, and you may find yourself trapped in a lie. Everything you are building in your life has been built around a lie or or lies. And you may find yourself living a lie because you don't want people to know who you really are. You don't want them to know about your struggles. We talk about this all the time, that people, when they come to church, they all of a sudden put on this facade so that they look the way they think you should look in church. My brothers, I just want to tell you this. The church is made up of broken people. The church is for broken people. Jesus is for broken people. I love the fact that during Jesus's ministry, he's not getting together with all the the religious people and the people that thought they were all that. He's hanging out with the tax collectors and prostitutes. And he's hanging out with them and he's like, you know, The healthy don't need the doctor, right? The sick need the doctor. And and listen, if you have ever tried to share your faith, the people that think they have it all going, they usually aren't very receptive to it. But the people that are broken and hurting, they're looking for a solution. They're looking for an answer. And if you are living your life in a lie and you find yourself in that struggle, I, I need you to know this. The only way out is the truth. 
not the world's truth, not your truth, but the absolute truth of God that's found in his word. And in that, here's what we find. The truth sets you free. The truth sets you free. Lies keep piling up the longer you live in them. The only escape from the stronghold of Satan, the the hold that he has in your life through those lies that you're living is for you to return to the truth. John 8, 31 to 32 says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my words, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Here's the reality of living in the truth. You need to know the truth so that you avoid choosing the lie because the lie separates you from God. And so the truth is the only thing that can set you free. So here's two words for you, fellas. Come clean. If you are living a lie, come clean. And when we come clean, when we reveal the truth, it doesn't mean that instantly everybody's going to embrace us, everybody's going to love us. Sometimes there's a big thud after we reveal the truth. And it takes time to rebuild. It takes time to work things. But listen, there are too many men and women that are living out the lie, and it's wearing them down. It is not easy to live out the lie. But if you are living a lie in your marriage, speak the truth. If you are living a lie with your children, or maybe you're a a kid today and you're living a lie with your parents, speak the truth. If you are living a lie in any area of your life, speak the truth. And that is the way that we come clean. And Jesus tells us that the truth is where we will find freedom. The truth will set you free. So I love the word return because the word return is, and I, I, I probably mention this all the time because it's kind of funny because somebody will get up and they'll give a testimony and they'll say, God got a hold of my life and I did a, a 360. And I'm like, well, wait, a 360 puts you right back in the same direction. Guys, to return means to do a 180 degree turn. That means that you are going away from God and then you return to him, which means you turn completely around and you are solely set on returning to him. When you find yourself wandering away from the truth, return. When you find someone else wandering away from the truth, help them return. Guys, this is not just about us. It's about us helping other people. James mentions this in chapter 5, verses 19 to 20. He says, my brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. If we are wandering away from the truth, we need men in our lives that will help bring us back. Because if we aren't strong enough or aren't smart enough to do it ourselves, then we need men that will get up in our face and be willing to speak the truth in love and say, you've got to get back to God. 
But at the same time, we need to be willing to be the, that guy in other men's lives. And let me just tell you this. When you try to call people back to the truth, don't just think they're going to fist bump you and high five you and give you a hug. Because sometimes when somebody's living in the lie, they want to live in the lie. They have chosen to live in the lie. And when you call them to return to the truth, you are calling them to turn from something they do not want to turn from. But we praise God that when the Holy Spirit moves in their heart and brings them back, that we can be a part of that process that God uses. We need to remember this. God forgives and he wants you to return to the truth. So if you are living in the truth, in the lies, God loves you and wants you to return to it. So the battle is this, truth or lie. Only you can make the choice for yourself. Are you going to live in the truth or are you going to live in a lie? 1 John 2, 4 says, whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. So, I profess Jesus, I say that I'm a Christian, does my life represent that? Well, how do we know that? If I keep his commandments, the truth is in me. But if I do not keep his commandments, then I'm a liar. Those are harsh words, but that's the absolute truth. We can't just go living the way that we want to live. So the evidence of the choice that you make is found in keeping God's commandments. Men, it is time for men to step up and live in the truth. It's time for men to break the hold Satan has on them by confessing the lies in their lives and returning to the truth. Living in the truth is the only option for us. Future generations are depending on us. We need to set an example of what it looks like to live in the truth. When you have a kid that's struggling and they're wandering off into the lies, we can say, son, daughter, we've been there. We know what that's like and let us help you. And they may not want to listen to you. Stay the course. Speak the truth in love and keep loving on them. But we need to stop buying into the lies of this world. Your opinions of what truth is cannot be your foundation of truth or it will crumble. We need to turn to God's word for truth, the absolute truth, for the way that we should live our lives. God is calling men to stand in the truth, a truth that is founded in him and him alone. The world we live in needs more men who are willing to stand for God's truth no matter what the cost. Let me tell you this, men. If you stand for God's truth of man and woman, you're going to feel the heat. If you stand for marriage between one man and one woman, you're going to take the heat. But we need men that will take the heat. We need men who are willing to step up. And I just, when I think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're always the ones that come to my mind. And, and I think they were willing to stand for truth. They were willing to do what's right no matter what the consequences. 
And before they were thrown into the fiery furnace, they were willing to die. They were willing to, if this causes me death, then so be it. But that decision is not a king who throws me into a fiery furnace. That decision is God's. Men, if we got that perspective in life, that whatever happens to us is all part of God's plan, then we would find more men standing up for the truth because they would understand that God's got it. He'll take care of it. But the world we live in needs men standing for the truth. And so at what point are men going to stand for what is true? How much are we going to give in before we reach the point where enough is enough? Men, it is time to take a stand. It's time to stand for God's truth. It's time to set an example for others to follow. Men, it's time to man up. Guys, if you have found value in this podcast today, please make sure you help us by getting the word out, sharing, liking, subscribing. As always, uh, we are putting these out, these episodes out, and uh, we appreciate all of you that are trying to get the word out as we try to get this spread. It's been a slow process, uh, but we're going to keep going at it, and we're going to keep doing it because what we know is this. We want men to stop skipping stones across the water, to stop building relationships based on your favorite sports team or your favorite hobby or your favorite car, your favorite TV show, whatever it is, we want men to stop skipping stones across the water and begin to throw boulders into men's lives where they build relationships that go below the surface. If we accomplish that in one or two men's lives, then man, praise God, that is success. But our hope is that God would continue to build this. And we are excited about one of the things that we're going to be adding here soon is uh, called Table Talk. And we've mentioned this before. And uh, that dream of this is, is getting closer to becoming a reality. And uh, we're going to be hosting a Table Talk where we talk to men just about life. And, and not all of it will be Christian testimonies. Some of it will just be amazing experiences that men have had that maybe you'll relate to, and uh, we're excited about that. Also, another fun thing we're going to be doing is the two-minute drill. We did a practice run with this. It was really interesting, but the two-minute drill is basically we throw random questions at people for two minutes. And we see what their answers are. And, and I wish I, this was my own idea, but I had seen somebody do it online. Um, and I was just like, we need to do that. And so we're going to be having some of those pop up here and there where it just looks at people's answers uh, to uh, rapid fire questions. And so that'll be happening. So, man, again, thank you for being with us. Continue to live in the truth. If you're living in the lies, confess those lies. Get out of those lies and return to God by repenting. He will forgive you and get back on track, get back to the truth. Guys, it's time to man up.